another rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Wednesday, August 10th. Hard Knocks officially released last night, and that is always game on period for me. Like, even going way back in the day before I was in the fantasy football industry, it was kind of like I'd start 4th of July and MLB All-Star break, but once we hit that first episode of Hard Knocks, effing on! Let's go! And uh, Dan Campbell, how about it? Uh, We are not talking about the Detroit Lions, although uh, we will get to the Detroit Lions uh, in two episodes from now, so we're not too far away from it. But on the show today, we will talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns. Before I get into that, ftnfantasy.com for the most accurate rankings in the industry from 2021. It's a proven fact. Go check it out, man. That's legit. Along with that, projections, the two draft guides, you get the goods with a subscription at ftnfantasy.com. I recommend Platinum, though. Up your game a little bit. Add League Sync. You add access to the private Discord chats where you can talk directly to me and the rest of our staff. Uh, Also, the premium stats and tools. That's a good uh, advanced stats, man. With the Platinum subscription, if you want access to all three of our sites, all access will get you access to the DFS site. With the Optimizer, with the ownership projections, we have our own ownership projections. You don't get them anywhere else, and I love it. It's my secret weapon. And then the betting site as well. Any of those subscriptions, promo code RATPACK, R-A-T-P-A-C-K, will get you 20% off. Also, just want to remind you, in addition to the rant, I am also doing the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, so during the season, I'm going to have to bounce back and forth between these two. So here's what you do. Subscribe to that. Actually today I'm going to put up one of each. So I will have on, on that podcast. I'll tell you what I'm going to talk about. Cause I'm not talking about team previews. I am going to talk about middle round running backs and wide receivers to target. That's the FTN fantasy football podcast with Jeff Ratcliffe. That's me. Uh, and um, go uh, go subscribe to that as well so you get all the podcast goodness. All right, um, so let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals. We know what we got out of them last year. What we got was, well, pretty freaking good. Uh, chances are if you had Joe Burrow and you managed to weather the storm, you got to the playoffs, you probably won your league. If you had Joe Burrow and a stack – whether it was T. Higgins or Jamar Chase, you almost certainly won your league in that instance there. They were phenomenal. Joe Burrow was phenomenal. However, I will say this. During the course of the season, and it, it was rather late in the season. Well, not late. I guess it was like midpoint of the season. Week 9, week 11. On my Sirius XM show, which is Monday. I'm plugging the crap out of myself today. Uh, deal with it, all right? Monday through Friday, 10 to noon Eastern. Uh, but seriously, on the SiriusXM show, listen to that too if you if you have SiriusXM. Uh, midpoint of the season, I do this segment on Mondays where people call in, they leave voicemails. And you can imagine, it's never fun. They're never nice. They're always mean. And they always talk about how players suck. And in those two weeks, weeks 9 and 11, Joe Burrow, for a lot of people, sucked. They were so angry about Joe Burrow. And then, you know, only a few weeks later, he was the the hero of, of all worlds uh, in week 16 and 17. So what am I trying to say here? Well, what I'm trying to say is that last year wasn't necessarily the most consistent season. 
To be fair, he did throw for 4,600 yards, 34 passing touchdowns. He finishes a top 10 fantasy quarterback, and his arrow is continuing to point up. Like, it would not surprise me in the least if he was a 5,000-yard passer as early as this season. It would not surprise me in the least if he was a 40-plus touchdown guy. Like, none of those things would surprise me. But just be aware that the consistency wasn't 100% last year. That's the only knock I have on him. That's really it, because I love him. I love the setup. I love Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is either number two or number three for me at wideout. He is a surefire first-round pick in one-quarterback leagues. And, heck, he may go in the first round of two-quarterback super flex, depending on how aggressive drafters are in your leagues. He's phenomenal. And he's moving around the formation. And guess what? We just saw his rookie year in Jamar Chase. That was it. That was his rookie year. And he was that good. In his rookie year, in that very pivotal Week 17 Fantasy Football Championship round, Jamar Chase showed a ceiling that rivaled Tyreek Hill. And if you've listened to me, paid attention to me for a long time, you know how highly I regard Tyreek Hill's ceiling. His ceiling is video game-like. It is enormous. And Jamar Chase, in his rookie season, showed that he has the same type of ceiling. His well-rounded skill set. His ability to accelerate on a dime. Like, this dude is legit track and field fast. He can pull away from NFL-caliber defenders, and all these dudes are running 4-4 for the most part, but at corner especially. So it, it's it's insane. Love Jamar Chase. But this is a team that could field two, possibly two top 12 fantasy wideouts because right now that is where I have T. Higgins ranked. At 12. Now, T. Higgins last year, uh, well, the first part of the season was was not really, uh, it wasn't great. <laughs> Let, let's call it that. Uh, over the first nine weeks of the season, he had just one top 20 weekly finish. That was in week nine. But then down the stretch, he was, I mean, he showed an enormous ceiling. He was the number one fantasy wide out in week 16, number two in week 12, number four in week 13. All of those are great. Just be aware that unlike Chase, where I think Chase Chase is a bucket, man. Chase every single week. Every single week. But with Higgins, it's more boomer bust. So just be aware. Now, it's nice to get a piece of that offense regardless, but just be aware of what you're getting. As far as Tyler Boyd is concerned, like I know that the advocates are going to say, well, you still get a piece of the offense. And look last year, Jeff. Look where he finished last year. Okay. We can look where he finished last year. He was wide receiver 31. Do you know how many top 10 weeks he had? He had two. That's it. Do you know how many top 20 weeks he had? He had four. He had four weeks where he was probably going to help you, and the rest of the season, which, by the way, well, in his case, is 12 games because he didn't play in week 18. 12 weeks where you couldn't use him four weeks where you could. That's 25% of the time. Like, that is, it just doesn't cut it for me. His ceiling's not high enough, and I'm out on a guy like him. Uh, We'll see what happens with Hayden Hurst. He's like a monitor for me, like a monitor tight end. We'll monitor him earlier in the year and then see what happens from there. Now, let's talk about Joe Mixon, because Joe Mixon is a top 10 running back on my board, but a little bit of caution, just a little bit, because... Early in the season last year, we saw Joe Mixon really being used in a three-down role. In an explosive offense, hey, I mean, he almost had 300 carries, so that's beautiful in an explosive offense. Went for 291, 1,210 rushing yards, 13 rushing scores. That's beautiful. But the problem was down the stretch, he was a little bit 
hit or miss. Yes, he was the number two fantasy running back in week 16, but get this. Week 14, he was number 30. Week 15, he was number 36. And in the fantasy championship round, just RB22. What happened, well, what happened was they started using Samaj P. Ryan more in the passing game. That's the one knock if they either use Samaj P. Ryan or Chris Evans. But it's not enough of a knock to bump Mixon out of my top 10. I still have him there. He's towards the back end of the top 10. I still have him there. It's at least a, a concern that should be said. But I'm not going to go overboard here. If I draft Mixon, I am going to move up Samaj P. Ryan in the late rounds, uh, move him up about one and a half, two rounds to make sure I cuff Mixon on my draft board. Otherwise, it's pretty straightforward from there. Uh, and, you know, I will be prepared just in case Chris Evans beats out Samaj P. Ryan. All right, let's move over to the Browns. Let's state the obvious. As of this recording, depending on when you're listening to it, I'm recording it on Wednesday, August 10th. Deshaun Watson has a six-game suspension. He will certainly be out for at least those six games. The NFL has appealed that decision, in which case I think they're going to win the appeal and have an additional set of, amount of games tacked on to the suspension. I do not think, given the fact that the Players Association will sue on the behalf of Watson, if it goes to a full season, I do not think it's going to be a full season. I think it's either two additional games or four additional games, and a hefty fine, and perhaps even counseling for Watson tacked on to all of this. Uh, in that instance there, with all of that, Watson largely becomes, if he gets two, two games has him out until week 10, because they're by week, you know, two additional games, that would be eight game suspension, they're by weeks in week nine. If he has uh, four, then he's out until week 12, right? Um, all right. Not much value in holding a guy, even if he's on your IR spot. Like, you could use your IR spot be better during that span of time. And, like, all right, so if he's out until week 10, maybe around week six we'll be looking to pick him up. But not really a draftable guy for me. If it somehow sticks at week six, or six games, that is, I think he would be draftable in one quarterback leagues. But we're going to cross that bridge as we come to it. Uh, as of now, it does look like plenty of Jacoby Brissett. Now, the market is going to be down on Amari Cooper as a result. Let them be. Amari Cooper has very little competition for targets in this offense. Look at the wide receiver depth chart. The wide receiver depth chart, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's a downfield receiver. I don't mind Donovan Peoples-Jones, but he's a downfield receiver, like a, a big play specialist. David Bell, rookie who should kind of become the Jarvis Landry in this offense over the next three to four years, but right from the gate, might be pushing it to expect him to be a heavy volume guy. Uh, then, I mean, who do you have? Jakeem Grant now is out for the season. Uh, Anthony Schwartz, who's more of an athlete than he is a football player. I mean, there's nothing on this depth chart. So it's hard for me to believe that Amari Cooper doesn't see like 25% like of the targets. Even on a bad, even on a Jacoby Brissett offense, that's still going to be better than where people are drafting him as a wide receiver three. He's going to be better than that. So Amari Cooper still screams value. He's one of those guys that people hate for fantasy, which is great. If you're, if you're one of those players who plays with emotion, um, well, you're going to let other people get, get, get the better of you. And... That's not good. You know, we got to be indifferent to these guys. Like, we can't hold grudges. We just have to look at the situation neutrally for what it is. And it's a good situation from a volume standpoint for Cooper. Maybe you take a shot on Bell or Peoples-Jones late round, but 
you know, not expecting much there. David Njoku is interesting as a late-round tight end option. Last year, obviously, Austin Hooper was there, and it kind of, I mean, it was a logjam at tight end because they also have the the young Harrison Bryant, uh, third-year player now, Harrison Bryant. Interesting for him, but Njoku, they made it clear. Like, they tagged him, then they gave him the contract. They made it clear, like, this is their guy. And again, even with Jacoby Brissett, there's still plenty of upside there, especially with his red zone presence. But let's talk about the running backs because there is a lot here in this backfield. Because not only do you have, you know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but you have everybody's favorite secondary handcuff into Ernest Johnson. So let's kind of do this bit by bit. All right, so Nick Chubb is here. From a pure football standpoint, if we were, if this was not a fantasy podcast, if this was just a straight football podcast, I would sing his praises all day long. Nick Chubb is a phenomenal running back. He is a prototype early down back. Exactly how you want a player to play the position. An absolute dog between the tackles with the ability to take any touch to the house, but he also has the prototype size of a throwback back. Love him. But from a fantasy standpoint, things change a little bit. Because when we look at the backfield and the way that it's constructed, I mean, look at look at Chubb's finishes. All right, so he went 8th, 11th, 13th in, from 2019, 2020, and 2021. The way the backfield is constructed puts a cap on his ceiling. If he's not going to see like a Derrick Henry workload, which is kind of what he got in 2019. Like he had 298 carries in 16 games in 2019, managed even with almost 300 carries to finish eighth at the position. He needs that sort of massive workload because he's not going to be as heavily involved in the passing game, which is where they have Kareem Hunt. It puts a cap on Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is a classic. He's a better football player than he is a fantasy asset. And, and I'm not way down on him. I'm not saying like, oh, he sucks. Because, you know, I'd never do that. I'm ranking him at RB11. Okay? Like, I'm not down on him, but I'm trying to be realistic. Like, I'm basically, his floor and ceiling are really close together, and that's pretty much where I'm ranking him. Because of Kareem Hunt in that backfield. Because of the way they use their backs in that backfield. Kareem Hunt can spell him on early downs. And then Kareem Hunt will be more of the pass-catching option. If Hunt goes down, sure, Chubb's value changes, but I'm not going to bank on injuries. I'm just not going into a season with that mindset. Now, as far as Hunt is concerned, is he a premium handcuff? Yes, but here's the problem. If you drafted Nick Chubb and then you also draft Kareem Hunt, you probably have to use Kareem Hunt based on where you're drafting him right now as like a fifth-round pick. It just doesn't make sense. Like You're in a situation there week in and week out where you have to use both of them. And if Chubb has a good game, chances are Hunt doesn't, and vice versa. Now, maybe there's games where they both go off, but that's less likely to occur than it's a one or the other. So you kind of cap the upside of your, your roster. You shoot yourself in the foot in the process. Now, fortunately for me, they're both dead zone backs, so I've been kind of avoiding both of them. Kind of. Well, outside of best ball, I have been avoiding both of them and, and really don't love either option. But just be aware of what you're getting yourself into if you draft either one of them. And then, yes, if both of them went down, then Darnus Johnson would have value. He showed that. The team showed it last year. Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, did say, hey, we like what he can do. Like, he's a capable uh, depth guy who they didn't let get out of the building this offseason. He could have. He could have. 
Uh, they didn't let him get out of the building, but there's no value to rostering to Ernest Johnson in shallower leagues. Like unless you're in, like some kind of crazy, crazy, crazy deep league where there's nothing on your waiver wire, there's no reason to roster to Ernest Johnson. He would become a, a hot commodity, obviously, if either one of those guys went down for the season, he'd be a hot like cuff. And then if they both went down, then sure, he can be a top 15-ish type guy who can handle volume in that offense. All right, there you go. Uh, it is uh, the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals in the books. Up next, Dallas and Denver. Oh, man, I'm excited to talk about Denver. And Dallas, too. Honestly, I like them both for fantasy purposes, no doubt about it. Remember, FTNFantasy.com. Use that promo code RATPACK to get yourself 20% off on any of our subscriptions. Get in now, man. The time is now. Also, subscribe to the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast for more of me. And on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe. All right. I will catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.